Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. Well, I have no doubt that today's conversation is going to spark some interest and that's what this is all about, right? It's about starting conversations and I've been pretty excited with the feedback so far about my uh, podcast and so I have no doubt this is going to bring on some more chats. And today I'm talking about the fact that um, basically women who drink wine habitually at the end of the day is one of the best things for my business. Now, why would that be so? The reason it's one of the best things for my business or more importantly, when a woman, a midlife woman, realize they've got in the habit of drinking wine after work and they literally can't work out how to get out of it and then they start to berate themselves about the fact that they're doing it which means that they actually drink a little bit more that's great for my business because when women know that that's what they're doing and they hear the insights I'm about to share with you they literally start to contact me and get support. So there's three major points that I want to check in on or talk about today. And that's um, because these three points, I think, are stuff that we don't really talk about. It will help you to work out if you're one of these women. And I'll also share at the end what you can do if you're one of these women. So the first point is that the fact that alcohol is honestly one of the most readily available tools that we can use to salve S-A-L-V-E, an emotional habit loop. And so because of its ready availability, then that's what half the problem is. The second point, I'm going to go obviously into details about this, is that alcohol only sedates the nervous system. It's only doing half the job of what you think it does. And it actually does some other little shitty bits to it that don't help at all. And that creates even more problems. And the third thing is that drinking alcohol habitually at the end of your workday, if you don't want to, can actually be a perfect example of your biology using you rather than you using your biology. And so I'm going to talk a lot more about that. Before I go into details on those points, I want to say one thing. I do not judge. There is no statement or background to this conversation that is about, oh my God, thou shalt not drink alcohol at the end of a workday because that's not what this is about. For those people who know me personally, no, I am not a wowser with regard to that. What I am simply bringing the conversation up about is that when a person, and in this case a midlife woman, realises that they are having that habitual drink at the end of the day and it is not serving them, then this is one of the hardest ones to get out of because we're using the wrong strategies to get out of it. 
And so this is all about helping someone if they're using alcohol as a medication <laughs> at the end of their day inadvertently and they want to change, then let me help you with some insights that I've had with my clients. So as I said before, um, alcohol is so readily available and it is such a simple tool for any human to bring into their nervous system to actually calm it down. And that's fabulous because it is such an instant tool. But because you know everything, one coin has two sides, right? So the one side of this coin is the fact that it is so readily available, it is legal, and it is also something that so instantly connects with our nervous system. But the other side of this coin that takes against it is because it is so readily available and because it is such an instant salve, S-A-L-V-E, um, soother for our nervous system, then that's why it is just so easily used. And I want to put this in context to using alcohol at the end of a workday when our nervous systems are frazzled. And um, because our nervous system frazzles, we're looking, we have emotions that link in with that. So the emotions could be fatigue, most importantly, tiredness. It could be frustration. It could be anger. It could be um other emotions that have built through the day and we don't have another mechanism other than this post-work drink to just calm our nervous system down. So I want to get you to visualize the habit loop. If you haven't seen any of my stuff and can't see the habit loop, get out a pen and paper or replay this and have a pen and paper with you. But I want you to see three, I want you to draw a circle and there are three words that you will place on this circle equally distant apart. One is trigger, and then you'll have an arrow sign to routine or behavior, and then an arrow sign to reward. And in this case, you will also see an arrow sign go back up to the trigger, because this is what I call an emotional habit loop. So what are we talking about having that drink after work? Literally, we can um, drive ourselves into our um, garage and we can dump our handbag and our keys and dump them on in the entrance area of the house as you walk in. And before you know it, you are in the kitchen, open the fridge door, got the bottle of wine out, got the glass down, put it on the bench, three quarters filled the glass and actually taken a drink before you actually realize that's what you've done. Now, this is not about alcoholism and it's not about addiction. This is about the automaticity of how simple it is to get into this habit of having the after work drink. And the challenge with this, as I said, is that what you're seeking really is something to calm your nervous system down. And so we have this habit loop where the trigger is exhaustion, frustration, um, anger, um, tiredness just tiredness and so that has elevated our nervous system into what I'm saying before as a frazzled state and so it's simply so easy to go to the fridge get that cold ice and throw it in the glass some of you I know will not have the ice it goes straight to the wine and it could be a beer obviously or it could be a spirit but then having that first sip because this alcohol is so easily connected with our nervous system, I can almost feel it in my body right now of that first drink, even though I haven't had one. And so 
the thing with that emotional habit loop is often we don't realize that the reason that we're having this drink is because there is a trigger of the tiredness or the frustration. And this is what women have explained to me once they understand themselves in the habit loop. And then I help them to change this because this is not helping them to be who they want to be. The first thing that is enlightening to them is to realize that the reason they're having that drink is because of that fatigue or it's a circuit breaker in their day. So many of us spend our working day going from one job to the next job to the next job, like literally go, 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 go. And if you haven't taken time out through the day, and I'm actually going to talk about this also for my women and men who are on the land, you know, you wake up in the morning and you start your day for the outside world and you keep going until you don't. So if you've got those days that you are continually on the hop, you may not realize that just coming home and having that drink may be the first time that you've had to stop and reflect. Because this is the interesting thing with this after work drink. Often for my clients, it was also the time that they connected with their partner while they may have had um, children running around the kitchen and wanting to know what's for dinner. So you can see all of a sudden that this habit is really, really important, i.e. this habit serves a major purpose. So if we talk about the habit loop having a trigger, routine, and a reward, the reward is massive. That reward is the fact that I get to chill just for that second. I get to relax. I get to feel in my nervous system the calming effects which alcohol brings. But the challenge is, and the reason this is an emotional habit loop, is because it's triggered by an emotion and we don't realise it, the reward is generally fleeting. So within a short period of time, because you have not addressed properly the frustration, the anger, the exhaustion, the tiredness, or the fact you haven't had a break for the day, is that they come back in. So for some, there'll be the next drink. For some, there will literally be that resignation that I am just exhausted and I've just got to get on with my day. So then, or night in this case, and then they just go back into full work mode. So that first point I wanted to bring in is the fact that alcohol is so readily available. It is so easy to link it into any emotional habit loop we have. And it is such a beautiful salve for our nervous system. But we're not solving what we're really looking for. If you are angry, frustrated and exhausted, there are so many other tools and behaviours that you would want to bring in other than alcohol. But because it's so readily available, you go to that. So the second point I want to bring in is that the double whammy with alcohol and its ability to, um, as I said, it's this instant salve or soother to our nervous system, is that that comes with red flags. It is so good for our nervous system. It is actually called a central nervous system depressant. And that has side effects. Because the interesting thing with Um, using alcohol as that salve and then if you have quantities of alcohol which will bring on the next day a hangover 
they will induce in your nervous system symptoms of anxiety and increased stress levels. Like your sympathetic nervous system will be stimulated. That is your fight and flight. So here we are using a tool, readily available, easy to use in our nervous system. We're using it as a short-term fix, and it's not even a fix for the emotions that we're using it for, as a short-term fix for something that actually in the long term will overstimulate and create anxious feelings and overstimulate our nervous systems because alcohol has an impact on our sleep. And if you're a midlife woman listening to this, woman listening to this, you also know that just purely and my podcast last week, my episode last week about estrogen, because we have declining levels of estrogen, our sleep is more than likely to be impacted already. So here we have using <laughs> this tool, alcohol, to bring on this very quick instant reward, but in actual fact, it triggers a whole heap of other things in our nervous system. So when we wake up the next morning, we're already two steps behind and we haven't even solved the real problem and the real problem with those emotions from the workload that we're taking on. Or in actual fact, the real problem is that we don't have or you may be someone who hasn't got some really cool tools to help to befriend and nourish your nervous system. That's really what this is all about. So when we have this poor sleep that is going to compromise our nervous system already, then what do we do the next day when we come in from work? That's right. Unwittingly, we will be looking for more of that drink than we did the day before. Now, you can see how this compounds and compounds and compounds. And if you don't have any any tools in your life to soothe, salve your nervous system, then alcohol is one of the simplest ones that you will be going to. Now, the third point, as I said before, this is a classic example of our biology using us rather than our, our us using our biology. And what am I talking about that? The element of biology I'm talking about here is the concept of automaticity. And automaticity is the process with which we go through when we set up habits. So you've set up habits your whole life, literally from the minute you came out of the womb, there were triggers, there were routines and behaviors, and then there were rewards. And just like when you're training a dog or training any other animal, we use those three elements to bring us into an automatic loop of behavior. Now, we have this automaticity in our biology, in our, um, our whole engineering of our body, so that it helps us to conserve energy for our brain because our brain is one of the most energy-hungry parts to our engineering. So creating habits is brilliant because it takes the energy load off. We literally don't have to think. But when we get ourselves stuck in um, emotional habit loops, such as having the after-work drink, and we're trying to find a way to get out of it, and we don't know any better, you will not get out of it unless you start to illuminate, as I've just already helped you with, to see your trigger, see your routine and see your reward. Because 
without knowing that information, it is stuck in the back of your brain, in the basal ganglia, where automatic behaviors sit. This is the, the beauty of our biology. It's set up for us to conserve our energy, but we have to know how it works so we can start to use it. So we can start to bring in habits that are more helpful for us if this is one that's not serving you. So how do we, you know, I think one of the things I just want to slide in here as well is that it is really simple to change what's going on with your after-work drink, but you can't change it until you see yourself in that pattern. And I'm not talking about seeing yourself walking in the door, dumping the handbags and the keys, seeing yourself come into the um, kitchen, opening the door, having the drink. Not as you are at the end of that behavior and seeing yourself. I'm talking about now seeing yourself physically doing each step of the action. Because awareness is amazing. Awareness is where all of our empowerment starts. And as I said, when clients have seen themselves in this loop, in those behaviors, like literally seeing themselves do it, they shift from having it as a habit and they shift into a choice. And so this is one of the tools. I'm going to just give you some shares about how you can help yourself with this. Number one, simply seeing yourself in those actions, seeing yourself doing it in this loop is the number one thing you can do. Because I can tell you from the day that you come home from work and you see yourself, like you literally walk up those steps, dump your keys, and you go to the fridge and take that drink. From that day forth, it is now a choice. Now, when you can make the difference between the automaticity of having that drink and making the choice to choose to drink it, the power is back with you. You are literally, because you're making it a choice, you've brought it into the prefrontal cortex. It's part of your executive function. So you have literally chosen to have that drink. So that's step one. And some of you might be going, oh, so you're saying it's okay to have that drink. I've never said it's not okay to have the drink. It's not okay to have that drink if you don't want the drink and you know that it's unhelpful to you. It could have some pretty terrible repercussions in your life, but that's on you. That's up to you. But clients get really, um, they, they really get a bit of a giggle at this when I say to them, the first step is to still do it, but do it by choice. Now, the reason I say that that is so powerful to do is because once you choose to do it, once you actually do it by choice, you feel so different. You really feel like you have control. And this is the thing, right? Is that when you feel powerless, you feel out of control, that's in itself just its own emotional habit loop. So step one is to have that drink after work, but choose to have it. Choose to see yourself having that drink and the second drink, whatever it is, but see yourself in it and see it as a choice. Because once you have that control as a choice, the rest of the choices are yours. Number two, little helper. If you want to change this loop, you really don't have to change anything other than the behavior. 
if you are going to try and change this loop and say, oh, I'm not going to have a drink anymore because I'm not going to get tired after work, you have literally started the first part of the failure. Because how can you say that you will get instantly overnight because you've chosen that you won't have the exhaustion or the fatigue or the frustration or the anger? But if you want to have a, a plan for the different routines, so you're still going to be tired after work, but instead of instead of having that drink after work, you choose some other different behaviours. So what some of my clients have done, um, one of them has chosen to have literally have the drink only after they've had their afternoon walk from when they come in the door. Um, other clients have literally taken the alcohol out of the fridge and put soft um, soft drink or they've actually just put um, sparkling water in there. Um, others have oh, one client, this was quite gorgeous, and she had young children. And so she actually chose to um, have still have the trigger of coming home tired from work, but she would actually go outside and water the plants. And while she was watering the plants, she would be having conversations with her children that had been in childcare and her partner who'd come home from work. So they're just some simple examples. You can slot in anything you want. It is the, I just want you to realize that is the most powerful way for you to change the behavior without having to disrupt your triggers and rewards. Do you think that coming home from work frustrated and angry and going outside and watering the plants, checking in with the kids, like really being with nature, being with water, catching up with family, and that the reward would be any different? No, it will absolutely, those elements of family, connection and nature will calm down your nervous system. And that, to be fair, is the beginnings of what you're looking for. So that's the second point is don't kind of disrupt this whole thing, just change the behaviour. But I can tell you that that has to only be done with preparation. And also you have to let all of your family members, if you live with other people, in on what you are doing because you will need their support. Now, the third little point is could seem so ridiculously simple that you would wonder, are you for real? This is probably, if there's only one takeaway from today, <laughs> this is the one I want you to take. Remember that automaticity. Remember the fact that I said that you literally park in your driveway, in your car park, um, in your carport, in your garage, and you go through all of the areas of your house and you then open the fridge. Every single part along that pathway that you've taken is now triggers. They are now known to your brain that when you do those triggers, then you're automatically going to go toward the fridge. So I've had so much success with clients who have literally changed where they park and how they enter their home. And yes, is this a trick for your brain? Totally. But it's no different to you will notice how your brain has to work harder when it goes shopping in a totally different shopping center or you go to a different grocery store and you're not in the same aisles that you're always in. You've literally got to think. And that's exactly by entering your house through a different door, um, parking in a different place than you normally park. So one client had the benefit of being able to drive around the house to the back shed. 
And so what he was able to do was simply by that different trigger of getting out of the car at the back shed, and he had a fridge there, but it was filled with water only. He got out of his car from the end of work and he dumped his stuff in the shed and then he started to tinker with little tools that he needed to do in his shed and had a drink of water. That was his transition point from work. That was his de-stressor. That was him getting his nervous system into a more calm and relaxed state. I've had other clients who literally have come not just through their front door. They've stopped that. They've gone down a side of the house and gone in a back door. And so these are major disruptors for the triggers. And it will make it a lot easier for you to change the behavior that you want. But that is level two. Level one is literally to change the routine and keep the triggers the same. So what have I covered today? I hope you've in summary got the insights that, as I said, a lot of clients have got from once they realize that that after work drink of alcohol is not serving them. They realize that the reason it's so damn easy is because alcohol is so readily available and it is such a soother for our nervous system. It's also the fact that when you use alcohol as a soother for your nervous system, there's two sides to the coin. Unfortunately, it has some negative symptoms, which will invariably, in particular with excess use of it, will um, irritate or inflame your nervous system so that you're not getting what you want in the long term and impact your sleep. And the third thing is that really at the end of the day, the drink after work, the alcoholic drink after work is the perfect example of automaticity and your biology using you than you using it. And so I hope I've given you some tools that you can now use to understand your biology better, befriend it. As I said, still choose to have that drink if it's what you want, but do it with choice rather than the habit loop. And then you'll start to see the changes that you want to make. It's so important for us to really understand this incredible piece of anatomy and engineering that we've all been blessed with. But I do want to remind you that you are not your body and you are not your mind. You can change these things because that's another part of the incredible engineering. We are, you know, once you get into the control part of actually managing your biology, befriending it and using it for your benefit, then you get back in the in the driver's seat. And that's one of the most beautiful things anyone can have. I really hope this is going to spark some beautiful conversations and as always, share it with any humans that you know would get a lot of value out of it. Until next time, have a cracking day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Do you feel like midlife has crept up on you like a cheap pair of undies? (laughs) Then I bet that your mindset could do with a rejig too. Sign up for my five-day midlife mindset bootcamp and get yourself back on track to make this incredible time of your life something to write home about, literally. Go to bellareynolds.com.au forward slash bootcamp to find out more and book your spot. There are only limited spots available.